What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, we are making Super 7 playlists for New York Hardcore. So stay tuned for that. Please support the podcast by subscribing to it wherever you listen to it. Also, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please rate it and leave a review. It is much appreciated. You can go to the website, 185milesouth.com, and there is a playlist for every episode. There's also all our links. Smash that Patreon button. The Patreons are the people that keep this podcast alive. And let's get on with the pod. Hundred eighty-five miles south, a hardcore punk rock podcast. What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, we are doing a Super Seven for, in my opinion, the granddaddy of them all, New York hardcore. So lots of pressure. Don't want to fuck this one up. Believe that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Dan, you did the draw, correct? Yes, I did. Okay, what's it goes Nod curse number one for once. The reverse of the curse, <laughs> followed by Posse Chris coming in at number two, what? me at number three, and Bedge bringing up the rear. Yeah, Ben's reliving those college years in the 805. He's got that Nard curse strapped to him right now. With that fourth pick, and I'm happy to break it because if I ever got to pick first, this is the one I want. Now, if if you listeners haven't heard of Super 7 before, basically what we're doing is we're building out seven-song playlists based on a topic. This week, it is New York Hardcore, so we're going to build the best seven songs we can, and it's kind of fantasy football style in one way, in that once a pick is taken, it cannot be taken again. That song will be off the table, but people can still pick songs off the same album by the same band or whatever. Um, and also what we do it on the back end after this has been up for a while and you've you know, listened to the episode, you've downloaded or listened to the playlist on Spotify. Then we're going to pose the question to you later in the week, who had the best seven song playlist and you're going to vote for it and you're going to break some hearts. Yeah, so you can follow that on Instagram and Facebook and make sure you vote. And then also there's a playlist for every episode. You can go to 185milesouth.com, click that playlist link, and it'll all be up there. Although, spoiler alert, the playlist is probably up right now. So if you want to hear our picks before you see them, uh, don't check it yet. And uh, all right, well, we're doing New York Hardcore. And I mean, this is my favorite type of music, probably from the city that gave me the most of it that I like. And so I'm excited for this. Dan, you wanted to speak on this a bit. (laughs) I just wanted to say, I mean, I, what did I, I texted you last night at 1am and then I texted the the whole crew this morning at like 8am just saying, this is impossible. I've got a Spotify playlist of my own of about 45 songs in there right now where I'd be happy with any of them making the list. And I'd also be sad that the other ones are all being left off, you know? But it is what it is. It's a really great pool to pull from. And uh, it's such, yeah, it's such a um, cast iron genre within the thing of hardcore that we love. It is has its own 
you know, specific stamp on what we know and what we love. And also, you know, some people will think, oh, New York hardcore is only from this time to this time. And, you know, some of the rev bands came from Connecticut, Connecticut and moved to New York and they don't really count. Fuck that. They played CB's matinees on the regular. It's NYHC. Right on. Fuck well, yeah. It feels weird going first. <laughs> I, 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 I have an opening thought before you go. Okay. Um, New York is the only city I know of where the second generation of hardcore was even better than the first. So you have all these strong 80 to 84 era bands coming up, but then you have this tidal wave of excellence between 85 and 90 approximately. And I don't know why that is. And I can't think of one other city on the planet like that. You know, LA burned, you know, went hard in the, in the early days and, and, and didn't follow up in the second half of the eighties, uh, DC, you have a really strong second half of the 80s. I'm calling that second generation. But then, of course, you have Minor Threat and Bad Brains in the first half, which just those two bands alone make that first generation the best. And like New York is is just, I don't know if they were late bloomers. I don't know. I don't know what you chalk that up to being. I think, um, I think it's maybe a little bit that New York is such a destination that people move there to do music and engaging culture and whatnot and it is that kind of mecca that potentially the more and more creative people all come to the area and the tastes all mingle perhaps there's you know just like border town mexican food is the best san diego of course number one mexican food in the world uh oxnard <laughs> begs to differ oh okay. please seriously, seriously. <laughs> well I'm just saying the sister city all the different man all the tapatios and tapatias they go straight to nard and we have the best mexican food in california what's up well i i'm writing for san diego on this argument but we all have our own taste and that's what makes these super seven great but what i'm saying is the mingling of different tastes is maybe what makes an even more distilled awesome sound later on all right well i'm gonna jump right in my first pick is agnostic front off the album victim in pain i'm doing a daniel style i'm doing blind justice into last warning and uh yeah i mean look this is maybe the greatest hardcore album of all time this is a band that defines new york hardcore and these two songs i know it's egregious but if you listen to this on vinyl, if you listen to it on tape and probably even just listen to it now, like this album is so palatable. I always listen to the whole thing. And these two songs, they just stack back to back. So perfect. You know, like blind justice ending, like da, 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 da. You just know, do, 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 It's coming. And so like, they are just together as one. And these are the two, what? Damn. Jump in. Okay. <laughs> Conveniently enough for your argument to have both these songs on your list for one pick, you mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, I'm going to get this one, the number one slot once in my life. I'm going to make the best of it. And I got it for New York Hardcore, and I'm taking two Agnostic Front songs. So, what's as up? As one. <laughs> yeah. Taking them as one. But yeah. 
this is my pick. I love these songs to death. And this is an album with like nothing but bangers from start to finish. But these are the two. The right semi there. the semi melodic marsh of Blind Justice uh part, you know, is so fucking good. And the urgency in his voice. Yeah, those three notes and like that tempo they hit and they settle into it so nicely, they go three times. That's like the illest thing ever. You know, yeah. it's like it doesn't make songwriting sense, but it makes perfect sense for a band that is jamming, happen to write a perfect song and just wants more of that feeling in that moment. So it's like, fuck it, go three times instead of two and three sounds better than four. So like they just rolled with it. It is so great. And yeah, when a scene comes in on that part, it's like so anthemic. I absolutely love it. It's the greatest. And then last warning, it's like, very similar to like United Blood from their seven inch, which is a perfect hardcore song. Well, here they did it again. Same formula and an even better song. You know, so I absolutely love this. And that's my pick. Agnostic Front, Blind Justice into Last Warning off Victim in Pain, 1984. Uh Ben or Chris, you want to speak on this before we go on to Chris? I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve my my thoughts. Okay. And Chris, anything you want to say on this? Uh, yeah, great pick. Awesome pick. Uh, not where I thought you were going to go, um, which you'll see in a second. I stack raked because I knew that if you get another chance, you're not you're not going to be able to not take this band. Um, well, take it. Here's your number. Here's your number one and the second pick of the night. Pause, Chris. Let's do this. Yeah, and I'm still, you know. <laughs> To be honest, I'm still trying to figure out which song I want out of these two, but uh, I'm going to take a Mad Ball song um, just because I know that Zach has another pick. It's not going to come back around to me. Um, I'm going to go Pride. Fuck yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. It's kind of... Mad Ball has so many hits like through all yeah. the years, but that's, <laughs> that's why like, there's 40-something songs in that playlist <laughs> I talked about. Yeah. That song, though, is like if someone's covering a mad ball song at a, at a hardcore show, like nine out of 10 times, it's going to be that one. Um, it's just such an awesome song. Like the lyrics are cool. The, the, the tempo is awesome. Uh, yeah. Great song. Yeah. I mean, they've been ending their set with that song for like 15 years or more, you know? So like mad ball, a band that has like so many good songs. Like, I mean, literally they have, a million albums of great songs. And like, this is a song that they end like almost every set with. So yeah, it's cream of the crop. Um, I love that you took it. I would have loved to have it, but it's <laughs> Madball, dude. I got like 20 on my list. You know, I could have, I could have been a, a dick and taken seven Madball songs, but I'm not gonna. So <laughs> it is up? so inherently hardcore, like the song, but it still has such a oi sensibility about it. You know? Like yeah. it, 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 even when you like think of the part that you think is very oi, like the thinking back when I was a kid, like. But then you you actually think about that, and you're like, no, that's hardcore as fuck. <laughs> so it has like that tuneful oiness, but it is just pure, unadulterated NYHC perfection. It's such a good song. Yeah, great, great pick. It. It's absolutely perfect. 
Okay. I, I was, uh, in my notes, I have, um, thank you in advance, Dan and Zach, for picking only Madball songs and keeping the field clear for me and Chris. And even Chris will probably pick a Madball song or two. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, Ben, let's go on to you for your number one. No, pick. we're going to go on to Dan. Oh, we take, we're going to Dan. My bad. Hey, this podcast needs a new host. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Dan, let's go to you for your number one pick. Uh God. I am gonna go strategic. I am going Chromag's hard times coming your way. Yeah. Um I I could have picked eight songs off of this LP, obviously, and just know that <laughs> there are many others that are honorable mentions right now, but I'm picking hard times strictly because it's it's just pure hardcore. Like when I think about what hardcore is in the lyrical sensibility, it's that in the vocal delivery, it's that in the music, it's that. And then the Chromag skinhead, you know, that part, holy fucking shit. That's what just takes it to the, the next level, you know, especially live. And what is hardcore, if not a live medium. So, um, I, I can't, I can't wax poetic enough about this song and, uh, and the LP age of quarrel. Like it is just incredible and hard times just peaks to the top of, of all the things, even though it could easily have been, we got to know it could easily have been, you know, street justice. It could have been a million, but I'm going hard times for my list. Yeah, and the same example of like a hardcore band having like a a mid tempo banger be like a hit, you know. Like yeah. the only other one that like really stands out to me like that would be Discharge, Protest and Survive. Like seems like a a big ass hit, but this is Chromex. This is probably their biggest song, and it's mid tempo. It doesn't have a fast part, so that's like an ill thing, in my opinion. But to but to the the man on the street. This is like raging fast music, you know oh, what I mean? But, but when we, you know, break it down within hardcore, it's like, yeah, mid-tempo. But it's all about the the call and response, you know, Chromag, Skinhead, Breakout, like part, like it's just so, like, gets everybody going. Well, and the chorus is a hook. It's oh, like, yeah. It's an undeniable catchy chorus. You know, it's something where, you know, we've talked before about, like in our generation, like being able to go see a band like No Reply. And even if you don't have the records, you can go see No Reply once. And like the next time you go see them, you can know the words to like half the songs. Like this is, you go see Chromex once, you don't know them. Well, next time you go, you at least know the chorus to Hard Times. You know, that's ill. <laughs> and the first line. Like the first line is just so catchy that it will like be under your skin the first time you hear it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Ben, is the coast clear for you to hit your number one? Um, it is. And, and by the way, great pick. I, I love uh, Age of Quarrel and Cro-Mags and Hard Times and The Hard Times and The Hard Times podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there used to be a pizza place next to where I worked called Hard Times Pizza, which hardcore kids would get a kick out of. And there was the also a place in D.C. that was a, a chili restaurant called Hard Times. And every time I go there, they have this amazing uh, veggie chili and root beer on draft. Wow. 
And of course I went there just because it was called hard times to start anyway. Yeah. I went to hard times pizza with Todd Tyler and watched him eat a pizza in front of me while humming hard times by Cro-Mags because they didn't have anything vegan for me to eat. So. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I have nothing but positive associations with that song. This ties uh, in to Chris as well as all three of you as my straight edge friends. One time in control, we were going up to Seattle. And so we went to the Miller brewing factory, which I believe is like an hour or two South of Seattle and but, uh, Rainier. Maybe is it in Rainier? Right. The Rainier one in Olympia. Okay. Right on. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we went there and because I was driving, I didn't have a beer, but they had root beer on tap and it was delicious. Oh, nice. How about that. And let's go to Ben for your number one. My number one is Judge New York Crew. Come on. Yeah. This is the New York Hardcore uh, Super 7. I got to pick some, I got to pick the most New York song I could possibly think of. Do you know you accidentally just went into like a Polly Walnuts voice for a second? Uh, New on, York. I got to pick of this. <laughs> <laughs> New York crew. Um, I I often think about a young Mike Ferraro with his boombox circa 1982 standing in a vacant lot down the street from his house so he can get reception to hear Noise the Show on WNYU and how much that meant to him. He talks about it in the Tony Repman NYHC book. And I think about that all the time. And, and he has such a way of putting emotion behind his lyrics without being corny and this song makes me nostalgic for new york even though i'm not from there and i have never lived there and i was four in 1982 so that's how powerful this is and uh the last time i was in new york i had my picture taken in on the corner of seventh and a just because of this song and because i'm a nerd and um also the but he music- had no friends so he had to pay yeah and um, this, the music is incredible for this song, too. I mean, it's amazing what two people in a room can accomplish, especially if the year's 1988 and Don Fury is recording it. And uh, it also contains the lyric, they played the part and wore the right clothes, but didn't know what the fuck it meant. And that shit is so hard. So that's my pick. I, I love uh, what can be done in tempo changes with the same riff and making it sound like elevating you know we've talked about that on other songs before but it does it so well here when it slows down and you know it's just so good yeah well Uh, even before that like the idea of them going to like that bridge part where it goes like we have seen and then goes fast before it goes to the breakdown i always think of that part sounding like someone falling down the stairs I bet bet you multiple people have been thrown down to the stairs to that part. (laughs) Maybe that's a soundtrack for getting chucked down the stairs. I wonder if when I hear the band Jerry's kids, I think of an entire drum kit being thrown down an an, an enormous flight of stairs. Cause like, it's all like all rolls, but it's good. I wonder if Mike heard that legendary uh, broadcast of beastie boys. Great, great, great. Bad brains. Great, great, great. Yeah. You know, great on Mojo. Um, the, funny, the the funny thing is Tim Somer, who's that that guy, the voice, the noise, the show host, yeah, and, and Jack Rabbit, who does the big takeover and has done it since 1980. It was a zine, and now it's a website. Um, th- those guys are like, they're like the 
for New York. They're like the Rodney Bingenheimer of New York. And both those guys are, are totally fucking down with the 1.5 theory. Had to throw that in. <laughs> Had to throw that in. Chris, what do you think about New York crew? Because I know you're a big Jughead. Um, yeah, like the first time I ever heard this record, like that that song was kind of the standout song. You know, like some of the other songs uh, would eventually become, you know, some of my more favorite songs, but that was the one that hit the hardest right off the bat. I think that the part that always just stood out the most is like the, the offset of backups on the, um, on the breakdown where it's like, in remembrance, New York, yeah. oh, New York. Like that part was so, like, is so cool. It just like instantly grabs you. Yeah. I mean, it's songwriting like, backup placements are just as equally important as a riff in hardcore. I feel, you know, this is one of the greatest hardcore songs of all time. It's like, if you think about it, like by itself without any context, this song is like a mini opus and it's like so good. Every single part of it. And like, it takes you for a ride and every single part of it is awesome. Like it is a perfect hardcore song. And it it also does what, the bridge and South Bronx did for hip hop, the songs I'm talking about, because it's like, here we are in the next generation of this genre, the second, you know, iteration of it. And it's looking back at the first wave of it and, and already being nostalgic for it and already, and kind of telling a history lesson and making a legend and making a legend. Like the legend is always more compelling than the truth, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's an early example, too, of, like, Ben brought up, like, it being nostalgic. And, you know, we've talked before on the pod about when hardcore becomes self-aware, and this is a great example of that. Um, All right, Zach. Okay, It was number two, and don't try and get seven songs in on this one. (laughs) All right. My number two, I am... uh, uh, I'm going to take Sheer Terror here to stay. This is one of my favorite songs by one of my favorite bands, obviously. And kind of Ben, what was that judge lyric you just said that you loved? Oh, they played the part and wore the right clothes, but didn't know what the fuck it meant. Yeah, that is so good. And there's a similar line in this song. Um, this was never meant to be a garden of roses or elitist poses, but you've forgotten. That is so ill. You know, and it's like kind of the same era. I think this is 89. Is the judge seven inches 88? Yeah. Yeah. So, and then this, this band on this record, it's so sonically brutal in the way that they just take like the Celtic frost guitar sound. Like literally, if you listen to like the first Celtic frost LP and listen to this, it's like almost similar or it's almost exactly the same. And they just take it and then write hardcore songs. And so it just sounds savage. And it's one of the early examples of something being drop tuned, not just like playing heavy music, like in E standard, like this is drop tuned. It sounds gnarly. And then just the way the song comes in, the and then Paul Bear's voice, of course, is so memorable and like low and guttural and brutal and like so much personality coming through it and so much personality in the writing. He's one of the the great poets of hardcore. 
You know, like if you read the lyrics on all his records, like the dude's writing fucking poetry. It's amazing. And this song is perfect. Just like New York crew. It's an opus. It has lots of parts. And, uh, Paul bear is also one of the great comedians of hardcore too. Yeah. I, I totally agree with Zach, um, about, you know, what I was going to say about this song as well is he's just one of the great poets in hardcore too. Like lyrics are heavy, deep, uh, man, if you haven't read sure Terry lyrics, like definitely check them out. Yeah. It's a full range, right? Like he can get dark and then he, it's like dark humor kind of sometimes. And then like really, yeah. Like gallows humor. Right. Right. And then also like straight for the throat is he's amazing at lyrics, but uh, he's done a lot for squatters rights too. (laughs) And lefts. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and a kick to the fucking head. All right, Chris, let's go to you for your number two pick. Uh, uh, all right, I'm gonna take Telltale by Real by Radio. Yeah, sorry, I might have given you a teaser for a song coming up later. Uh, Telltale by by Radio. Uh, actually, for the playlist, I'm gonna go with the Killing Time version just because uh, sounds a little bigger, I think, but what a great song. Like this is, I feel like we're going to say this a lot on this podcast because there's so many perfect New York hardcore songs, like so many, um, you know, when Daniel was saying he made a, a playlist that's 40 songs deep, that's not like every New York hardcore song ever written. That's probably like 40 tens, you know, 10 out of 10. Yeah. Cream of the crop. <laughs> yeah. So but this song, yeah, it's so badass. Like the way it comes in with just like the single snare hit and then everything comes in together. Don't be on my back. And then like the pacing of it is is so hard. Like it's just like one of the hardest beginnings of any song ever. Um, and then after that hard part, you get that bass that's like, and then it goes into that gallop beat, which is awesome and where it went, it's like maybe one day we'll finally see the song is just like one of my favorite songs to see people co- cover live too because it's just like it's such a pit song you know <laughs> yeah that part that you call the gallop part is wild mm-hmm. it, like i don't know how you would describe it like because he's like it's like almost like he's doing like it's swing it's like jazz fusion swing mm-hmm. yeah exactly it's wild. And then to make it work into like this song. Ugh. And then the way they come back to it too, like back into like the intro verse, you know, so good. <laughs> I mean, this is one of my favorite bands and albums of all time. This album, I was listening to it. Uh, you know, like I listen to it once a month, but I was listening to it yesterday or the day before in the practice for this. And it has such a wide range of where they go. Like there's like melody, there's everything, but it's like so distinctively New York hardcore. It's just, it's, Oh God, it's so good. Anyway. We had, there was one tour where uh, I had the CD at home and I was on tour and I just had a, you know, this is back when you would take big CD books on tour. Right. Um, you know, no iPods, you didn't have the songs on your phone. Uh, and I got like a big craving for this band and, uh, 
I, I didn't have my CD on me and I wouldn't be able to hear it for like a month. So like for like a week straight, I went into every record store trying to find it and I bought it again on the road. Just <laughs> to to Amazing. It. The rules. Yeah. I actually bought that. it. I bought it off the wall at a, uh, a record store in Baltimore in 2001, the LP. So stoked. And it didn't melt the whole way home, which was a total <laughs> victory or get mushed in the van. Hey, you always got to look on the bright side. <laughs> Found out there isn't one. Love it. All right, Dan, let's go to you for your number two. All right. I am going to go intro bust into it's your choice, 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 because I am Dan Sant, and this is a true Dan Sant way to do things, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it. But um, Ben touched on this earlier, and he's like, why do you think – in New York, the second wave was more, you know, just a little bit greater than the wave before. And I will have to say the hip-hop influence that touches on New York hardcore as a almost fraternal scene that fans of both are in both. Do you know what I mean? Or more so, hardcore kids are fans of hip-hop. And the slight little bits of influence from that world come into uh, New York hardcore. And I feel it's exhibited perfectly with how this record starts, which is, (laughs) I love hardcore music, but this skit might be my favorite thing in hardcore of all time, ever. I just, I get a kick out of it today as much as I did the first time I heard it, like, Yo, forget about that because this jams up. Like the even the rhythm that he does that part in, you know, word like all of it. I fucking ride for this so hard. Then the intro comes in and it is just perfect hardcore music. It's got a groove. It's hard, but it's also melodic, and it's just it's just setting the scene. And then it's your choice is just a fucking banger of an opening track. Like, and Ray's voice is so good. I mean, this this LP is pretty much perfection. <laughs> I already said that with my first picks LP, but again, it's the same. But I love the whimsy and the humor and the and the seriousness all rolled into one that goes into these these two connecting songs. And I think um, I could pick, you know, five or six songs off this LP also, but the intro bust and the skit and the sec, you know, it's your choice. Like as a perfect hardcore song, it just, there's something about that just opening that it still sits with me today as strong as the first time I ever heard it. Yeah. I mean, look, if we're just doing 28 of the best New York hardcore songs, I think we're going to say all of them are perfect. You know I mean? Like, I don't think there's any shame in that. And also the other thing is just with all these songs that are picked so far, and I'm sure throughout like the rest of these lists, the personalities that come through are so big and like, just Mm -hmm. jump off the wax. And Dan, I think your take on like the hip hop influence is huge. Like, even if not sonically, personality-wise, right? 
like yeah, just totally. the way like the is your choice your choice your choice your choice is your choice like just going for it making something work that sounds dope and rolling with it like there's there's a lot of like bravado and confidence and personality in that that like cannot be taught like these are like a lot of like these dudes are like larger than life characters that are just like gifted with the way to deliver shit that's like literally otherworldly you know it's like it's these are some of my favorite songs from like my favorite music in the world you know and like i've said a million times on the pod like i'm not putting these i'm not saying like the best for hardcore because i think hardcore is the best music so it's like this shit's better than zeppelin it's better than the beatles like fuck it's so good i love it love it love it and the swagger like that's come from you know hardcore i mean hip-hop as well as, you know, well, I mean, you just need to look at rabies in the the get wise hat with the big chain. Like, it's hardcore as fuck. We recognize it as a hardcore look, but it's also got one half of its formation coming out of being a hip hop fan. That's true. And also think about Matt Bold. Think about Mark Ryan from Super Touch. Think about Richie Birkenhead from Underdog. All huge hip hop fans. Yeah, and just and, think of the high tops. <laughs> yep, in the scene too, you know. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's what gave it its second win. I didn't even thought about that. And the other thing is, I think hip hop's New York hip hop's second generation outshines its first generation. Just like you know, I love Grandmaster Flash, but I love Rakim and Big Daddy Kane even more. So, yeah. All right, let's go to Ben for your number two. All right. I know what I'm shooting for and I know how I felt and I don't got to fucking prove it to anybody because I already proved it to myself. This is Youth of Today. Put it put it aside from their 1988 album. We're not in this alone. And that lyric is a mantra to live by, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> I think YOT is going at full throttle and Capo is really liberal with the cursing just the way I like it. And he and I love when it goes into that A team section, mosh parts that sound like that. Those are called A team parts, by the way, because it sounds like the A team theme song. And he goes, "What the fuck?" It's like, yeah. Uh, and before anyone tries to say this band doesn't count because they're from Connecticut, um, fuck you, they count. <laughs> right on. This is New York hardcore. Yeah. I mean, like that, what the fuck is, it's the same idea as us talking about like blind justice going three times before the scene comes in. Right. It's just something that feels so right. You got to do it. Like the, what the fuck is perfect. Like if you heard this song and that part was muted, like you would be, what you would say, what the fuck? Like, where did that go? Cause you're listening for it. Yeah. You know? yeah it's uh, like so- these, these ad lib, they're almost like ad libs. They're probably not. It's probably rehearsed that way, but it's just like these little things that aren't really part of the lyrics that just put it over the top, you know? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Great pick. I, I've, I mean, it's my favorite Youth of Today LP. Uh, it's incredible. And I mean, it, it's energy captured. Like, if you want to, like, show aliens what, like, energy you know without having a nuclear power plant or something like 
that LP is energy captured. All right. Yeah. Bring, oh, go ahead. Oh, the, I, I was going to say the first album is is energy captured too, and it's like they yeah. how did it be they when they recorded break down the walls Ray Capo would literally faint in the studio when doing vocal takes because he was going so hard, and then they come back with their second album and they outdo themselves like how the fuck do you outdo that? And they did. So amazing. Well, I, like I did at the IC uh, big show. Yeah. The reunion when you passed when out, I, when I sang that part and I fainted right after <laughs> the end. It is funny thinking about like break down the walls, like describing it as like, yeah, it's like more polished than can't close my eyes <laughs> because yeah. it's just like a ripping slab of wax, you know, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's also, I always found it interesting too, like the story about, you know, I'm sure we've all read it in a million different hardcore books, but like Ray going in the studio and like, you know, all, all four of us have sang in bands and I'm sure we've sang, you know, standing up with a super fancy mic with a, like a spit guard in front of it, you know, trying not to move our heads too much to like, you know, make the, the, the sound come through at different, like volumes but apparently he had just like a straight up like handheld mic and was just like running around the studio jumping off the walls like and and that energy is is captured on that record for sure yeah, yeah no, i wonder did that for the for the last seven inch he's definitely run no, they, literally running around the studio maybe this one too they, they they said don fury like rigged it so he could do it for for uh we're not in the slow hmm Right. Yeah, this is my favorite Youth of Today song too. Like, I totally agree with everything Ben just said. Like that, it, and it's all about that part too. You know, like that bridge into the breakdown is just. Oh, it gives me chills just thinking about it. Yep, it's another perfect song. Like this shit is so good. You know, I this playlist. I am stoked. All right, I am going to take the apex of hardcore, and that is. The song Godhead by Burn. Everything that happened in hardcore is building to this moment when Burn writes the perfect song that pushes the boundaries as much as possible before like falling off the stick and turning into something that is like sonically something else, but still has the spirit of hardcore. This is still like undeniably a hardcore seven inch, but it is so well thought out, like both in playing in the composition of the songs in the lyrical delivery in the lyric writing i mean this seven inch is perfect it's top of the mountain you know like i really do think that everything built to this and this is like perfection of where early hardcore led to you know like but still in that lane and and branching off as much as you possibly can before it turns into sonically a little something else Great hardcore song, but then that middle part when it goes like into the ding 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 good god, and then coming out of that, you know, hear me, I'm calling out, like, oh my god, and then just like the little tricks they put in there, like in the middle of that, going like with the little guitar riff, like. Do, 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 do. like the it's kind of like building up a scale to the next part it's like what it is so well thought out and composed this song is a legit masterpiece 
and it's the best of the best. Like, I, uh, I can't say enough about it. And uh, that's my choice. Burn Godhead off their first seven inch. What's up with that? I knew I picked that. (laughs) Right on. And we can go to Chris for year number three. Yeah, another another perfect song for a perfect playlist. I am going to take a sick of it all song. I'm going to take Just Look Around. Oh, that's on, um, my, that's on my list of uh, honorables. Not anymore. <laughs> I, the first thing I want to say, if you're a bass player and you don't know this riff, like you need to turn your bass guitar in right now because that should have been the first thing that you learned, that in the Cranberry song. Um, <laughs> but uh, what a great song. Like, you know just the fact that the bass carries the song, you know, the bass and the drums and the vocals carry the song and, and the guitar is like such a minimal piece of this, this whole song and the formula is such kind of like a unique, unique, unique approach. And, um, you know, when Dan talks about the hip hop influence, you can taste it on this song. Like man, Lou is just flowing basically. Uh, and the lyrics are so awesome. And like, there's so many lines in the song that I just think of anytime I watch the news and just see like the shitty things that the people in power are doing and, and just how ugly racism and, you know, it's just, I I don't know. It's just, it's a perfect song. Again, (laughs) I think if someone's playing a drinking game with the, with the term perfect song, they're already halfway dead, but, (laughs) <laughs> or if you're drinking caffeinated tea every time we say perfect you're all hopped up your heart's gonna pop sick of it all just look around also yeah. this song has a heavy vibe yeah you know, like when when you talk about songs song structure and all of that like yeah this is a really interesting well-written song and it is like an opus on talking about the social ills of the world that still a rampant today, 30 years on. Um, but it just has a vibe that captures, especially with the, you know, like the the sound effects at the beginning, uh, really kind of oh, never mind. I'm getting mixed up with that. Um, but the bass and the uh, like you said, Lou does the almost like a flow mm-hmm. on the verses. Yeah, it's real. It's real dark. It's like yes. like Bob Deep kind of, you know. Yeah, and they both share the same crew tattoo. <laughs> that's true. For a second, yeah, I I love that you brought up the vibe, Dan, because I think that's perfect. And it's like they set the vibe that matches these lyrics that Chris was talking about. Like it is perfect, and I really think that this album is one of the most. It's is crazy to say it, and so it might sound ridiculous. Um, but I think right now, like, this is one of the most underrated records in hardcore. Like, I don't hear it talked about all the time. And it's like, this is classic, classic <laughs> hardcore. I 100% and, agree. Yeah. And it needs, it's like, it's on that level. And, you know, if, if people missed it or, like, you know, you didn't have friends that told you about it, like, this is one to go check out. Because for the time, and, like, Chris bringing up the bass, you know, People chase this Sam's Amp bass tone to this day, 
you know this and this album is great the vibes the lyrics the music everything about it is is awesome and this is pre craig ahead this is rich yeah. on bass so yeah, like if you're a bass player and you don't have a, a mustache while playing this turn in your bass <laughs> or, or a mullet right didn't you used to have a mullet yeah oh i probably got the sand zip thing all wrong but yeah right on <laughs> fuck <laughs> What another thing for me to edit? No, it's 185 miles south. Gear talk. Hey, I was just about, I was just putting uh, a world full of hate and just look around into the same song when I was describing the uh samples. It's cool. We're just talking about a classic ass album, dude, that people need to know. Yeah. But uh, Dan, let's let's keep rolling with you and go to your number three. Well, what's interesting is when I look at the bands that are on my list three have already been mentioned and then i've mentioned one of them uh or i've mentioned two so there's three left that i just yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna say this one now because of its importance in a whole social thing as well as being such an interestingly written hardcore song and when you think about the way that the song comes in and the way that the song builds, um, it's unlike anything else. And that is Youth of Today, No More. Yeah. Now, we're looking back and, you know, we, we don't want to sound like fogies and dinosaurs or whatever, but there's obviously a lot of vegetarianism and veganism that has been transmitted through hardcore. Now, if you think back to bat signals that really showed a lot of people the way, and there was a, a, it's a slightly humorous, but also equally as awesome video made for this song. And it is just pushing, you know, vegetarianism, like around the same time that, you know, it also got over to a lot of alt music listeners through the Smiths. Um, it's at a time where it's just a rallying call for vegetarianism and explaining it in a very poetic way of just saying, we can do better. We don't even need to eat meat. Like it's, it's barbaric. It's awful. It's, you know, vicious and it's the easy way out. And this song just puts it out there. Fucking great. And, it has probably like five different parts to the song and they're all brilliant. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like um, the way that the bass comes in and drops out and, and it just, it's really good songwriting. That is atypical of hardcore song structure. And I think that in itself is amazing, but, for what it did and influenced on to bands like Earth Crisis, etc. I mean, this is this is a very important moment in hardcore, and that's why I wanted it on my list because the song is incredible. It's a ten. It's you know, get ready to take another shot. It's a perfect song, but its social impact and outreach is fucking phenomenal as well. Yeah, I mean, the chorus, this is about as brilliant of lyrics as you can have about this topic. 
you know, no more just looking out for myself when the price paid is the life of something else. Like, Oh my God. And I love, there's so much I love about this song. I love that. Like in the very first line, he says, think about it, you know, like take a step back and think about it, you know, the ad lib, but it's so fucking sick. I know. You know, that that's, that's like a hip hop thing too. Like the vibe, like giving just that little extra vibe, taking it up a notch with something almost like a freestyle, you know? Right. And then with you tying this into earth crisis, I think there's a direct line because they straight up call it a crime, you know? Yeah. There's, there's no way in hell that this isn't one of the most important songs that Carl Buchner ever heard. Like, without a doubt. And then what about the part at the end? Our numbers are doubling in 88. Oh, it's so catchy, so great, so amazing. Yeah, I love it. Ben, you uh, Did they bring uh, vegetarianism to straight edge? I'm trying to think if what bands came before them in the straight edge thing that are talking about vegetarianism. Who is it? Slapshot. That was a joke. Slapshot, yeah. The Instead Seven Inch, I believe, is the next year, correct? Yeah, and and actually, um, on the first Youth of Today album, there's a reference on I think Free at Last. He says, um, "From the animals in the slaughterhouse to the drugs on the street." So that's the first little hint that they're vegetarian, I guess. Also, Cro-Mags were vegetarian, you know. R- okay, yeah. So and all of that. Good they were point. Doing those they were doing those. Uh, free veggie meals in St. Mark's Place, etc. You know, so I mean, it, it was around, but this is literally a rallying call. It's telling you, um, think about it. It's also saying we're starting to educate. Like this is a a next level of consciousness, perhaps. You know, it's it's advertising it that way because, yeah, it's you know, it's better for everyone for everyone to be vegetarian if possible it's better for the environment it's better you know all of those things so it's just a really great compassionate rally call i feel well yeah and and it's bubbling and it's around but again it's like a a guy like ray capo being the flag bearer you know like you need that personality you need someone that's going to be like out there you know like we've talked about it before on the pod like what happens in a world with no youth of today like everything probably kind of happens the same but maybe not you know, like they are that crucial that they take like a couple movements and really just like shove them in your face in like a welcoming way. You know, it's like as aggressive and welcoming as those two can be is juxtaposed as they are. Yeah, yeah, there's like they're like absurdly positive, yet at the same time, they're on this crusade for against like bands going uh going metal like they're like anti they're like straight edge positive uh, anti-crossover and vegetarian it's like layers and layers of things that they want to like get out there and then the krishna thing kind of breaks it but then that gets that that transitions into shelter yeah yeah right on okay ben let's go to you for your uh number three all right my number three pick is going to be my senior high school senior yearbook quote, what might seem dumb to you is pounding in my heart, which of course is new direction by gorilla biscuits. Um, so how could I not pick this? I quoted it in my uh, high school yearbook. Uh, pl- plus we need a song with trumpets represented, um, which is actually, 
I learned is from a cheat. Um, it's from a sound effects record that was also used on a Cheech and Chong movie. I think what's the second Cheech and Chong still smoking. Like they ended up using the same sound effects library and Walt Man, come heard- on. you know, the second Cheech and Chong movie is next movie. Oh, is it next movie? Okay. Then still smoking is what the third one. I believe so. Hey, right. Dave's not me. here, man. Well, it's one of those two. Yeah. Um, well, GB is my favorite New York City hardcore band. New York hardcore, NYHC. It's not New York City hardcore. Um, so I love this song because it's kind of like their mission statement. And they, and they played this at CBGB in 2005. And I thought I was going to die because people went so fucking nuts for it. And it's got that the right balance of melody and what Zach calls YOLO. So when it gets to the breakdown, it's just hard and it doesn't come back to the fast part. It's just like, it kind of ends on this sort of like we're scratching our heads, wondering where to go now, sort of uh, vibe, you know, sitting here, looking back, I'm scared. No spoiled memories of the way things were like, huh? And then, Yeah. And it's the sound of, uh, to me, it's like the sound of hardcore at a crossroads for the second time. Cause you have the first generation kind of hitting that, that, what do we do now part moment in, in like 84, 85. And so now you have this generation of hardcore hitting sort of the same issues at the end of the eighties, where a lot of the members of these bands either went to college or they went off in different musical directions or joined a Harry Krishna temple and so I think of this as sort of the swan song for hardcore's first decade, you know, first full decade of music. This is like, it's like, all right, the 80s ruled for hardcore, but bam, here's one more, you know, gem. here's the cherry on top of the whole thing. And it's just such a perfect summation of the way youthful passion feels when you're, steeped in the hardcore scene like it synthesizes it so perfectly like a stage dive makes me f- feel more alive you know it and you know i think that lyric in particular and and i think it's almost looking back at the stories of revolution summer more so than it is at new york attitudes you know it's kind of like yeah you you know, your nose is in the air thinking like you're onto arty stuff, but this shit still fucking matters to us and to everyone that fucks with it, you know? Well, the rumor is that it's about seven seconds, but I don't, I don't I'm not sure. I don't think that's true. I just don't know. It could be, but I, I, I don't see, I don't see Kevin seconds being as dismissive as, you know, <laughs> what Greg always gets on me at, <laughs> about is like, no stage diving, no slamming, you know, like we're past that now coming out of DC, you know? Yeah. But it's also, it's kind of a, a shot at bands that are just doing it to, to make money, you know? Um, Although coded messages and slowed down songs, like they're not talking about pop. I don't know what they're talking about. No, they're talking about things like Fugazi and stuff like that. I feel <laughs> I don't know. I thought they were huge Fugazi fans. Fuck five. Oh, I, I think you can still be critical of something and love it. I just think if you've been, you know, for lack of a better term, like sunned by someone saying 
that's passe, like blah, 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 when it's the most important thing in your life, your initial response is going to be like, okay, well, now I have my lyrics. <laughs> I have my lyrics for my next song because <laughs> you are going to be the topic of it. Absolutely. Well, well regardless of who it's about, it's song yeah. rules. <laughs> yeah. I mean, another perfect song on a playlist. This is the greatest playlist ever, dude. What's up? And it's a perfect album. Like you could just spin a wheel and pick any song on this album and you'd be fine. I will not argue that. Yeah. Okay. Let's go on to my number four pick. And I took this number four just because I needed my number two and three. But really, it would have been my number two pick. And I... Can I guess? You can. Set it off, Madball. Now, I'm going off the album, but I'm not taking Set It Off for the sake of the playlist because I didn't want to have a 45-second sample. (laughs) I'm going to take the song New York City. And the reason why is Freddie's like in his early 20s here. His flow is off the charts on this song. Like, this is like Madball in a nutshell. They're bringing the bounce and the energy so hard. And it's like, there's no music that sounds like this up to this point, you know, where there's something so up-tempo and so raging and flowing and just awesome. And the lyrics are so street, you know, and yeah, I mean, his flow is just insane. Like on the second verse, like the one-on-one fights don't exist. Fist fights are extinct nowadays. People don't seem to think like when you look at it on paper, it's like, how's this going to fit? But he makes it fit because he's Freddie. He's one of the goats, you know, like the the flow is huge. What's that? The hip hop influence on this LP entirely is huge. Right. But this is like the song where the flow is like next level. It's so good. And the, the guitar tone on the verses sounds out of this world. Um, Although Matt Henderson said that it was a studio thing and it wasn't necessarily what he was going for. Um, Cause I asked, I was like, are you palm muting and muting the strings? Cause it almost sounds like that's what he's doing. Cause it doesn't sound like traditional palm muting, but I don't know. It, it was like a studio mistake or something that ended up just being like a happy accident because yeah. it just sounds so savage on the verses, like whatever is going on. Um, and then it's like, Breaking down out of a mid-tempo song is kind of the same idea as New Direction, like doing a mid-tempo banger, but then there's still a breakdown at the end, like the, oh my God, this is so good. It's next level, and yeah, that's all I got. This breakdown is the hardest Madball breakdown. Like, yeah. what can I do? It's as heavy as you can be without being heavy metal. Like this doesn't sound heavy metal at all. Like, I don't know. Like maybe there's, there's some leanings because uh, Matt Henderson might be playing a Jackson, you know, through a Mesa boogie. I guess that's kind of metal, but like, I don't get like a metal tone off this at all. Like it sounds like its own thing. Like it's the next wave of hardcore coming here, like with this album. And I mean, it's one of my favorite albums of all time. Top five, a hundred percent, you know, and sonically it is perfect. Everything about it is perfect. 
like many things on this playlist. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I got. Dan, or excuse me, Chris, let's go to you for your number four. All right. Uh, <laughs> I kind of almost spoiled the surprise a little bit earlier when I said Telltale was by real deal. Um, <laughs> but so take, You're taking real big fish? Yep. I'm taking out. <laughs> the antidote song, but I'm not taking real deal. I was going to take real deal, but instead I'm going to take something must be done. Yeah. Uh, the sixth song, I think like the way it starts with the harmonic uh, is so tight. And then a, another song that has just a sick gallop, um, the vocals so gnarly, like, um, I think we've talked about it before, but you know, uh, inspirational to like nerve agents and, and redemption 87, just, he has, you know, his take on that New York snarl, but it's just a little bit, a little different. Um, and then the other thing I want to call out on the song is just like the surf riff before the breakdown is so sick and unexpected. <laughs> it's like half Peter Gunn, half surf riff. It's like that. So ill. It's so hard yet so melodic, you know? And that gallop is rivaling Iron Maiden on gallop, you know? It's perfect. Yeah. I mean, there there's a chance that Nico McBrain got his flat nose because Steve Harris heard the song and just had to hit something. You know. And there's also the part where it's and you just hear the drums going da, da. that part's cool too. Yeah. The whole thing is cool. It's like almost like, I don't know. It would have been so rad to be in the room when they like wrote this song because it's so unconventional, you know? And it's almost like if the band wasn't this good, like you almost wouldn't pull it off. Like who would have thought about going to that Peter Gunn part? You know, or like you're saying, Ben, with like when the drums are so basic, like the do that, do that. It's like they do a lot of things that you wouldn't think of. And just somehow they make this song so special. Yeah, they're unexpected. And and the uh, be on the fly on that wall when they did write this in the practice room, they all probably looked at each other and went, yo, this is a fucking number one. <laughs> like This isn't just like the closer to the seven inch, this might get us on the billboard charts. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I doubt they thought that, <laughs> but it should have been. It's I mean, hit. dude, it is a hit. I love this pick. And I love that it's making this playlist, the greatest playlist of all time. Let's and, go and on. It's also, but it's also um, one of the greatest uh, hardcore seven inches ever. Very few hardcore seven inches are better than this one. But if you want to know which ones we do think are better than this one, you can go back and, l- and listen to that episode. Which one is that, Zach? Yeah, you got to hit those archives. Uh, it is, what do we have the title of it be? The New Level of Neanderthal Brutality, I believe. Yeah. Go check that out. Um, and in relation Sounds like that, a Pantera lyric. <laughs> one of our awesome listeners, Chase said that if he didn't know that I was nailed to the X, he would have thought I was high for thinking that the Warzone 7 inch is as good as it. <laughs> I got blasted with that on uh, Facebook. 
Yeah, it's funny. Chase was like, how dare you guys name so many records that are better than this one? Because there aren't that many. Plus, you guys forgot to mention Poison Idea, Pick Your King, which is better than this one. It's like, gee, fucking sorry we didn't read your mind. <laughs> Dude, well, I was just thinking this playlist. Oh, man, the comments are going to be out of this world. Like, how could you leave this song off? I, do, I just love that Dan and Ben are bitter about something that happened two months ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> bring, bring up that old beef. Hey, shout out, that, shout out, shout out, Chase Corum, American Shout out, hero. Chase, eternally, because he is the best dude. But I will hold beef forever. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I feel like two months is young beef for Daniel. I <laughs> know <laughs> uh, Dan's still pissed off that like he got a bad call against Don in softball in 1994. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I All first right. started playing softball with him, because you know I didn't know how to use a baseball mitt, I tried catching all of those fly balls with just bare hands and one went flying through and gave me the giant welt on my thigh. <laughs> so I'm still pissed about that. <laughs> well, Dan, on to happier times. Uh, what's your number four song and what is another perfect song to add to this playlist? Well, you know, I could pick anything off this and, you know, I'd like to say if we did this three days from now, I could possibly have, seven different super seven choices you know it it's all what you're feeling that day so today i am going to choose the time is now by side by side come on it's my favorite side by side song yeah the harmonic uh pre-octave core (laughs) the harmonic parts at the uh beginning just what we talked about vibe for sick of it all but there's a vibe there too and i mean you just got to stand up now and use your voice (laughs) it's fucking perfect and also in hardcore parlance to stand fucking hard and take control of your your life life. (laughs) that when lines go into the next line and then they punctuate like where it, you know, there's an, a pregnant pause that works so perfectly. That is it. And I fucking love it. I love this song. I love Jules's voice. I think he is the best hardcore vocalist that is not Ian Mackay. And I'm going to say that this is perfection. Um, I would have had it, you know, going number one on my list. But, you know, you got to play a bit of strategy on these uh, Super 7s. I feel you. I mean, it's it's my Madball, right? It's like they got round four because I got 20 Madball songs on my list. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's weird that Side by Side are like kids. They're like, Sammy's 14. I don't know how old the rest of them are, but you don't think, Side by Side's a good band for a bunch of kids. You just think Side by Side's a a great band. And and they also are kids, which makes it even more amazing. And their imagery and the few photos of Jules performing live in a Fred Perry and Adidas high top forums just is fucking amazing in its own right. Um, yeah, I love this. I, I love this song and I, I know you all do too, because we're only picking perfect songs here. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm with it. Ben, let's go to you for your number four. All right. I earlier, earlier I said I would reserve my opinion on agnostic front. Because my number four pick is Agnostic Front, Victim in Pain, the song Victim in Pain. 
this whole album is like one long great song with a bunch of different parts. It's like no, nothing is worth skipping. You, and plus it's such a short album. Just listen to it like it's one song. And it was hard to narrow it down to, you know, the best song on the album. And I don't know if there is a best song on this album, but I just decided to go with the title track of Victim in Pain, which is also called Victim in Pain. Uh, I, I think AF took the crucifix dehumanization formula and then chopped down the verses and the choruses and then added more breakdowns to kind of break up the tempos. And it worked perfectly. Like they they improved upon an already great formula and you just can't plan for something this great. It just happens. You know, it's a time and a place. You can't decide, I'm going to make a record as good as this one and then go in there and actually do it. It's like they're... There's certain intangibles that can't be controlled for. And um, I don't know why they went speed metal on the next record uh, when they were already so good at playing straight up hardcore, but maybe that's it. Maybe it was like hardcore conquered. What's next? I think that is probably it to an extent, you know? Um, But I mean, the melody of the chorus even though it's such a short, sharp shock of it, it's so good. And it 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 just rounds out the song to, yeah, cherry on top. Just amazing. And it's that classic old school hardcore formula of just fast, slow, fast, slow. Yeah. You know, it's so perfect. Like, it's a great way to start off the record. But Ben, I did choose the best track. And that's, <laughs> you know what it is. Is Blind Justice in the Last Warning, the greatest agnostic front song? Yeah. <laughs> with parentheses around the second S. <laughs> with with a little emoji of Dan judging me. <laughs> and also being guilty of it. Yeah, that's right. I know. I I I, I exceeded or I succeeded at your own game. Yeah. So uh and, and what and the other thing about this album in general is that the vocals sound really good on it and and the vocals on a other agnostic front records they never quite matched um the brilliance of uh, i don't know if you'd call it brilliance it's just the way he sang that day or whatever but it 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 stands alone as a as a uh a great chapter in the ever going ever lasting new york hardcore saga <laughs> yeah you know i love roger's voice like the whole way through I love his later voice as well, but yeah, this is perfect. And and there's a lot of that, you know, when, when a band does a record, like John Joseph never sounds like uh, age of coral again, you know, it's like so perfect on the album. And like, I like his voice on all the later stuff too, all the way through like stuff he does now, you know, but these classic albums and these classic New York hardcore albums specifically, it's like, there was just some magic when they went and recorded where it's like everything came together and they wrote some of the best songs of some of the best genre of music ever. And just everything came together and they were able to like craft these perfect songs and perfect albums. It's ridiculous. Um, Okay. I'm going to take my number five and I'm going to take killing time backtrack. This song, I think, is the best song on the record, although it's arguable because this album just takes you through a whole different, like a plethora of emotions, I could say. 
But like this is just a straight up banger that has a fair amount of parts in it, which are all awesome, including an insane hook, which is the chorus, right? And like they're able to a lot of times in hardcore, maybe a lot of early hardcore is well, one of the reasons why it's so timeless is because bands are able to grab early tropes and be like the first to use them. And then it's kind of weird when people use them later, like it doesn't have the same impact. And so for them to be the one that gets one step forward, one step forward, one step forward, two steps back, like that's an ill line, you know, and they had it. And it's like, you can be the dumbest person on earth and you understand that metaphor, you know, it's like a universal thing of like just trying to get ahead and, everything is like fucking up for me. Like this song is there for you, you know, like this song rules. And then also going out of like that chorus to the breakdown that they hit, like I don't see it coming, you know? And then the, and then the flow he comes in on there is so perfect. The solo on this song is amazing as well. Like, it's not like a garbage throwaway solo. It's actually like a legit good solo that the dude, like it's well thought out and it's short. Like it really does add to the song. It's awesome. (laughs) This song is perfect. And that's why I chose it. And that's why it's on the playlist. Killing time backtrack. What's up? Yeah. You say this is your favorite. It's so hard to, you know, pick which would be your favorite off the LP. I think Bright Side for me, just just for the fact that it it, it it's that slow, uh, moody thing. But I mean, everything everything on this LP is amazing. I mean, there's a reason a band named themselves after this song, right? Like, yeah, I mean, they wanted they wanted to put a statement down of, hey, this is our influence to an extent, you know. We're calling ourselves after this. Bright side is so good because that chorus is like, it's kind of like a dark melody they're hitting. And yeah. it's so hard in the lyrics. You know, we talked about the sick of it all song, like the lyrics matching a vibe. Yeah. That, that chorus of bright side might be top of the mountain for like lyrics, matching a vibe I don't in know. relatively wait, straightforward, hardcore. Wait till, wait till my next pick for lyrics, matching a vibe. And you'll, you'll know. Okay, very good. Um, but yeah. clobbering time? Oh, what's that? Is it clobbering time? No, but but <laughs> that's that's a funny one with the lyrics matching the vibe. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, that's that's perfect. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was backtracks. I think is probably the best song. Although we used to cover Wall of Hate, and that song is so fun to play and so fun to listen to, and it's got another like little skip beat at the end. Kind of like the on the song that Chris chose. Like Killing Time on this LP is kind of like the way I was talking about Burn, although Killing Time doesn't go as far. But they push a lot of boundaries here in rhythms, in different melodies, but like they always know like how to pull it back in. And just have it be like that great New York hardcore. Yeah, the musicianship is is out of of spots. And also there's just an ever ever going influence from this record onwards, you know, like this definitely uh, touched Madball into making, going to set it off, you know, levels. And then, I mean, 
this LP can still be heard in the majority of bands coming out today. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Madball's a mashup of early Agnostic Front through One Voice yeah. Agnostic Front plus this LP. Yep. You know, I think that's how you get set it off. And I could be completely wrong, but, I mean, that's what I hear. Um, but, Dan, let's go to you. Uh, Chris, you're up. God damn it. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> let's go to you. Thanks for the handoff, Dan. Uh. All right. In 1994, there was a comp called Sunday Matinee, which was a, a best of New York hardcore comp. Uh, this this comp was super crucial for me uh, in kind of finding my way through hardcore. Um, it, was, it was one of the first hardcore, you know, CDs that I bought. Uh, certainly one of the first hardcore comps that I got. Um, and you know, looking at the track listing for this right now, what a banger of a comp, but, uh, it was a big one for me too. Yeah. Awesome. Three. Hell yeah. Um, but when I, when I first heard it, there were a couple of songs that, that struck me immediately. Like, like I wasn't ready for leeway. I wasn't ready for sheer terror. Like, yeah, I probably wasn't even ready for judge. Like a lot of that would come a little bit later as I kind of like grew into hardcore more. Um, but as like a young punk skater kid, uh, the Reagan's youth song, uh, any town was one that really stood out to me. And then the song that I'm going to take is the other one. And that's quest for herb by Murphy's law. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, didn't smoke at the time was basically, you know, almost straight edge, basically straight edge, but uh, so like, it wasn't like the lyrics that really struck me or anything. I always thought it was funny, humorous, um, like most of Murphy's Law's songs, but this song sounds like a hardcore song should sound, you know, it's just like from top to bottom, it's just such a well-written punk rock, you know, hardcore song with no thrills, like, you know, guitar solo, but like, I don't really know how to des- describe it in any other way, just saying, then saying it's just like a perfect by the numbers, hardcore song, it, you know, super catchy, uh, funny lyrics and, uh, yeah. Murphy's law quest for herb. I agree. Yeah. This is my favorite Murphy's law song. And in fact, this is the only Murphy's law song I love. And to get a straight edge to the fucking bone kid to love a song that's about how much you love smoking pot. You know the song has to fucking rule. Like, yeah, seriously. It has to be that good. Um, and it is. And I, th- I want to say, Todd, you th- wrote the music, but I'm not positive about that. And uh, we should just say that it's off the album Back With a Bong, which is their second LP. And those first two Murphy's Law LPs are critical hardcore listening. Um, so good. Daniel, what is hardcore? everything no oh, you you brought it up on a pod before it's you and me oh yeah the in effect <laughs> all right <laughs> I, I i was i was going over my list of like what should i say next for my next pick so i was uh pulled aside yeah How, what's new it, the question actually should have been what is new york hardcore oh word he goes oh new york hardcore it's me and this guy <laughs> yeah yeah, it's Jimmy and Harley together. So yeah, sick. Uh-huh. if you guys haven't seen that, the in effect from I believe it's nineteen ninety one. 
you got to track it down and watch it. It's it's classic. fantastic. Yeah. What about the one who the guy who thinks he invented circle pitting? Was that I can't remember who it was, and it's like no, you didn't. <laughs> but it's cool that he thinks he did, man. That's, yeah. That's not a bad outlook to have. Like whatever. That's cool. Have fun. Slam. I love this pick. I'm glad Murphy's Law is on the list. And another perfect song. We're we're uh, batting a thousand here. What's up? Dan, what is the next perfect song to add to the playlist? Well, you know, we we talked about Apex, uh, top of the pile, vibe, lyrics, the coming together of all of that. Well, I'm just going to say there ain't no bell to go ding. Yeah. You want to talk about vibe. You want to talk about menacing lyrics. You want to talk about it all coming together in a sound. It's, it is this song, even the beginning of the song, the way it starts off noisy and crazy. It's like that adrenaline that you have, like when you know there's going to be trouble and there's a fight brewing, like especially at a show, you know, it's that on edge, like nuts. The music almost matches that. And then it, when it starts it's like oh shit this is fucking hard as fuck the lyrics are crazily like tough you talk big shit i've heard your threats now i'm gonna put you to the test like it's so fucking rad and a, you know in the hardcore rumor mill apparently this maybe was written about richie and apparently Richie caught up with Jules. This is a hardcore rumor mill. Who knows if any of this happened? But um, there was no bell to go ding, apparently, what what really happened. And uh, my favorite singer didn't come off. <laughs> he didn't come off well, apparently. Um, but this, heard song, this before. Yeah. That, I can't remember who I heard it from, but it was it was someone that was like, very reputable i just wish i could quote well actually maybe i shouldn't quote who it's from because people get in trouble for saying things <laughs> someone might uh, come around and make daniel's bell go ding for uh telling the story yeah perhaps um and that's why chris said it <laughs> <laughs> the, the one guy that's actually going to tour out of all of us like the one well, that the might one come guy, to your hometown <laughs> the one guy that no one ever wants to hit that's true. Uh, that's definitely true. <laughs> I, love the sim- I love the simplicity of the one line when he's like, we'll finally see who's weak, who's strong. Yeah. yeah. Like, like it's so black and white, you know, like one winner, that guy's strong, one loser, that guy's weak. Or it, it, the simplicity is, is echoed again later in the song where going to hit you hard, going to make you bleed until uh, before you do the same to me. me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like uh, dumb, but brilliant dumb. But like, it's yeah. like Danzig. Like Danzig's like it's, it's Danzig is like a joke, but it's so fucking good. That doesn't matter. Yeah, and, and the bass part in the beginning, we should just say, like, yeah, it sounds so ill because he's, like, hitting, like, a chord on the bass. He's yeah. not just, like, doing a single string pluck. He's, like, hitting, like, a power chord. It sounds sick. And the guitar players it, are almost, like, punching their strings above the pickups, you know, like, to get that, like, really crazy, like, menacing feedbacky noise going, you know? 
Yeah, and fans of the pod might recognize it from uh, our talk on Unity versus uh, Youth of Today. How about that? Also, the um, the thing that's that's kind of great about this outside of the actual recording is, you know, there's the video of the one alone in a crowd show. And I love because, you know, the scene is in the youth crew era is generally positive. And he's like, I know I'm going to catch a lot of shit for this one <laughs> before they go into this, like, pretty negative song. <laughs> you know, it. I, I, I fucking love it. I, I you know. I love the side-by-side 7-inch and the Alone in a Crowd 7-inch, so I had to have representation from both on here. If this pod was recorded tomorrow, it could easily have been Is Anybody There instead of this. But today, I'm feeling a bit more menacing. So, when Tigers fight. I love it. I love it. Ben, let's go to you for your number five. My number five. I got scared when Chris was talking about that New York, um, the... Uh, the Another Planet CD New York Hardcore Comp and he said oh, I loved Reagan Youth I'm like you are not picking my next pick I and then knew he pivoted, you didn't have Reagan Youth on your list though I knew he pivoted it. to Murphy's Law I'm like oh thank god should we guess so, on what uh, Reagan Youth song Ben's gonna choose go for it I'm, the one on the comp I'm gonna say no class it, it has I'm to be on comp if, if Ben got scared but I would go New Arians I love the Love it. Zach nailed it. New Arians. Yeah. (laughs) 1.5, baby. This is this might be the first New York band I heard that, you know, post Ramones era New York band. Um, they definitely have that in-between punk and hardcore sound that I completely vamp on that I call 1.5. And then fi- finding out that they actually started around 1981 makes so much more sense. Oh, yeah. Um, because I guess the singer was a perfectionist. So this this is their first album, which didn't come out until 84 because he was just, he wanted everything to be perfect. And wow, everything is perfect. So maybe it, that was... funny, though, because it's so loosey-goosey in a way, you know, like the way they play music. Yeah, it, it, and it's like a thin, it's a thin sounding record, but what they sing about is so heavy that it it's like it works. And it's so interesting that this came out the same year as Victim in Pain, which is, you know, the same city, the same scene. And, and that's kind of what I love, kind of one of the things I point out when someone's like what's the difference between 1.5 and hardcore i'm like okay here are two bands that came out of the same city in the, and put out a record in the same year listen to the difference agnostic front is clearly playing hardcore and then you know you have reagan youth it's a little bit you're pulling it back a little it's more from the it's got remnants of the punk era in it and so when he says no master race is going to rule this land i love that lyric and i remember taking this tape to school and people thinking I was like in the clan. Cause like you look yeah. at the record cover and you're like, what is this clan shit? But no, obviously they're fucking completely against that. Yeah, yeah. The lyrics take a hard turn there. So they like leave no room for interpretation, which is what I love about it. Like it kind of starts out like satirical a little bit. And then they're like, no, there's no room for interpretation here. Like we are anti-racist. Love it. And also awesome. And also awesome. Perfect album. Perfect song. Also 
fucking incredible guitar tones. And that second Reagan Youth album, I hated it so much I returned it back in whatever, 1991. Like years later, after getting into heavy metal, I listened to it again. I'm like, this is good. (laughs) (laughs) It's total heavy metal. It's total Black Sabbath worship. But I I think it's good. I love it. Um, Well, my list would be empty without having the chrome eggs on it. So I'm going to take a chrome egg song. And I think I'm going to take God damn. Good luck. Actually, I'll take a chrome egg song round seven. Actually, I got to take it now. <laughs> Fuck. I'm just going to take, I'm going to take show no mercy. I love this song. And sometimes like it'll come up on a playlist and God, there's straightforward hardcore songs though, where they go fast or like perfect. Like, uh, don't tread on me. Yep. Uh, I'm going to take Don't Tread on Me. I love that it's just no fluff and like the way it comes in, like just in fast with the singing. So good. And then like, it's just verse, chorus, verse, chorus, breakdown. And so it's like that generic. The breakdown rhythm uh, vocals part. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, like that's the thing is like they take the simple formula, but because they're the best band, it's like, okay, they knock it out of the park. And like, sometimes like the simple formula works when you're like a band like this, you know, because every part is so perfectly played and like, they just hone in to like the right tempo for everything. Like the breakdown is the perfect tempo. If it was like a few like BPMs, like faster or slower, it wouldn't have the same feel, but they just have it there. You know, and it's perfect. And you're right, Daniel, like the vocal cadence over it is amazing. The gangs are amazing. Everything about it, absolutely perfect. Carrying on the tradition of this playlist, another perfect song from a near-perfect album. Not a huge fan of Seekers of the Truth, although I know people love it. And when you see them live, Seekers of the Truth is awesome. But in the LP context, not a huge fan. But uh, that's okay. You can do it on me. You know, sometimes we talk about vocalists having a sound of their voice that is almost an instrument in in the level of the way the song is constructed and the way he does the show you no mercy at all. Like, yeah, no one else could do that. You know, it, it, it is what it is. It is of that song, of that moment, and it is incredible. It's the wrong song. He said he picked Don't Tread on Me. Oh fuck! <laughs> but that was a perfect line, so I'm I'm just rolling with it, and I almost took that song. This is <laughs> but I, I totally just had that <laughs> stuck in my head from the f- first time he took the song. But yeah, the don't tread off me. Yeah, those parts are great too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every this part is, of the song is great. Choose a part. It's great. You know what's crazy about this song, though? Like, do either of you have this 12 inch EP called? The original Chromags demos, 1982-83 by Harley yeah. Chromags Flanagan. <laughs> yes. And so it's like Harley playing is when Chromags was sort of his own brainchild and he didn't have members yet. So he just pulled a Rick Agnew all by myself and just wrote and recorded every the guitar, bass, drums and vocals himself. And Don't Tread On Me is on this. So this song dates back to either 82 or 83. That's so fucking ahead of its time. Like, even if this had been written in 86, that would have been ahead of its time. But 82? Yeah, you're right. Oh, fuck. It's insane. And 
I'm very glad you were here to call me out on mistakes like that because it would be so shit for someone to be listening and then <laughs> that and they're just listening like, what's he talking about? And no one says it. So that's why you're the best, Ben. Well, Chris's round five got Daniel high. <laughs> yeah, the quest for Earth. Yep. Dan's like, but I thought they were talking about go on her. Quest. I thought they were talking about Herb Alpert, the uh, <laughs> legendary jasmine. Hey, shout out Herb Albert. Love it. Her, Herbie Hancock. <laughs> Those are the two new shout outs going on from here on out. <laughs> yep. Herb, Herb, the guy who never ate a Whopper in the Burger King commercials of the 1980s. No, no nobody? Okay. Not for Also, a shout out to uh, Squirrel from Billingsgate. All yeah. right, Chris, let's go to you for your number six. How do I follow that up? Uh, all right. I, I haven't taken any youth crew stuff, uh, even though, you know, it's... In your blood? Yeah, the, the, the hardcore that I love comes from that. But um, I wanted to go with a vibe, you know, that to me just said more New York than Connecticut. Um, <laughs> no disrespect to those, you know, those songs because they're classics. They're some of the best songs that are written. But I, I just wanted to to kind of settle on this vibe that is you just want to get grimy. So intrinsically New York. Um, but then this pick, I'm just flipping the script anyways and uh, going in a complete other direction. I'm going almost like a post hardcore direction. I'm going to take taming the L word by silent majority. Um, I love this record life of a spectator, uh, silent majority, long Island band. Uh, the lyrics on this record are, are really cool. Like if you read them, like without the music, they, like you have to you have to read along when you're hearing the music because it's it's not one of those things where you can just read it like a poem and be like oh this is brilliant you know um because i'm actually looking at lyrics for the song and they're awesome because i can hear like the the music in it but i just love this song is about you know as far as i can tell what i believe this song is about which is all that really matters anyways is about having bad experiences with love and having it make you bitter towards the idea of love um, and relationships and um, you know, the idea of like, you kind of have to like, you kind of have to put yourself out on, on a ledge and like bear yourself and like let yourself be exposed in order to, prepare yourself to like receive love from someone else and and that's such a hard thing to do when you've been um you know when you've been spurned when you've been had your heart broken and um you have a tendency to kind of you know get cold and and closed off and and this song i believe is just about that idea of like yes we've all had horrible horrible you know, experiences with love or and and heartbreak. But if you close yourself off trying to protect against future heartbreak, then you're not leaving yourself open to be able to experience like, you know, love again. And I, I think it's just like a really cool, important song. And uh, I, don't know, I love it. 
Silent Majority, Taming the L Word. Yeah, I love it. That's amazing because love is not a topic that is done very often throughout hardcore, you know? Like straight up the feeling of love. You know, we can love lots of things, but I I don't think love relationships-wise is a much sang about thing, you know, effectively, especially. Although I will say that Judge had a great love song and Death Threat had a great love song. Well, and also uh, Quest for Herb is a love song. (laughs) (laughs) And we should say that while three of us have experienced heartbreak, Bedge has always just been the heartbreaker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. And let's go on to Dan for your number six. I don't get it. Okay. <laughs> don't either. I, I live. Either. I live up in Seattle. I don't know if I missed something there or what. Yeah. Angel always breaks hearts. He's just a playboy. Oh, got it. <laughs> got it. Got it. So <laughs> we talk about hardcore being like truth telling a lot, you know, in lyrically, like it's it's breaking everything down to brass tacks and uh, really going for it. Now this song is over 30 years old and still today these lyrics are profound and so on point injustice system sick of it all yeah i mean the middle part where he where he goes really you know faster and it's over a longer verse instead of the freedom all right i thought we heard like there are those who change the laws for gain and furthering their needs a small group possesses the power a minority dictating what's good for the majority money has the real influence without it what we say don't make a difference i won't tell you to give in but to me there's got to be a better way to fight for our rights like it wasn't as apparent back then as it is now, you know, um, the internet didn't exist. Yeah. Well, so you were younger. There wasn't internet. It did. It, it was apparent to many people, obviously. I, no, no, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying like, we couldn't look back at 30 years of wealth in a, inequality due to Reaganism and, you know, all of the, uh, the Reaganomics that went on where this is only like, you know, just at the end, the very end of Reagan's eight years. And it's just absolutely perfect. And it, it, and then I, you know, what's really interesting is when you, when you think about the chorus, he goes, we must fight injustice system, have no rights in justice system. We must fight injustice system, have no rights. Like there's no like, you know, at the very end, he says, well, freedom will always burn deep down inside of me. I, I've, I'm getting away from this whole system and I'm having my own thoughts and I'm going to take care of myself. But there's no way to break the system is being said, you know, 30 years ago. And it's, it's fucking true still to this day. And it is beyond all of this lyrical power. It is 
one of the best hardcore bands of all time playing one of the best hardcore songs of all time. Um, if you hear this song and you don't go fucking mental for it, you might be dead inside. Uh, we have to check your pulse because this is incredible. And I know a lot of people feel sick of it all because they <clears throat> have carried on so long and have uh, maybe that's hurt their legacy. Like maybe some of these songs would be regarded with so much more of a, um, they would be closer to people's hearts if it was like demo core shit to them. You need to fucking get over yourself and you need to get into sick of it all because they're one of the best to ever do it. One of the best live bands ever. And I almost would love to request, you know, make this be the, for the live in a world full of hate version, but I'm going to go with uh, the blood sweat version. Yeah. I was, I was going to say like the only thing, like this song is so good and the lyrics are like just a brilliant, perfect journey of, like you said, like, encapsulating all that is and still is years and years, you know, decades later. Um, and then I just love like that, that looking inside at the end. Uh, the only thing I wish is I would like the live versions that you hear. Um, I don't know if the live in a world full of hate is like, there was a lost and found live CD. That, that's the one. That's it. Dude. It's so good. So and good. I wish, I wish that, it sounded that awesome on the CD and was that because they play it like twice as fast. And it's just like, that's the only thing, my only like criticism of the song is having heard the, them play it live and heard it on that record and knowing they play it more live. When I listen to it, I feel like it needs to be faster. And that's my only criticism, but I totally yeah. agree. But you know what? They did re-record the Rev 7-inch, and mm -hmm. usually that is... And, and still, it also feels icky that they did that. Yeah. But yeah. the version on the re-recorded Rev 7-inch sounds fucking great. Yeah. Like, it's huge, which yeah. which harkens back to the way you hear it when you go see them. Mm -hmm. it, it's way huger than the Blood Sweat, like, um, recording. Yeah. But... I don't know. Blood, sweat, no tears as an LP fucking it's got to come off that just because. Yeah, I agree. You got to go with the you know? original. Yeah. Yeah. I saw them in 2019 in a really small club here in San Diego and they brought the heat. They're oh, still yeah. as great as they've ever been. So yeah, no excuse. Everyone needs to check them out. Pay I think they're more. the best live band ever. Like I swear it was, it was out of this world, dude. And when you guys did your, uh, when you guys drafted your uh, fantasy bands, yeah, like if I did it, I probably would take just all of sick of it all, or like, and just put myself in it or something. <laughs> <laughs> but like seriously, Armand is one of my favorite drummers. Craig, what a so fucking hard. Yeah, I saw them play at the Rev Twenty Five, and th they put a they put a lot of bands I like more to shame Oh yeah, in a live context. Yeah. And it's like, well, this is the band that never stopped every other band they're playing with put out, you know, two records in the eighties, in the late eighties and, and, you know, got back together in the whatever, 2006. And so I guess they have all those, all those years of experience under their belt too. They played the Che the year that they did sound and fury. Oh, don't um, bring it up. 
I know it's going to hurt you, Zach, but it hurts so bad. <clears throat> it it was incredible, and they were having fun. They weren't bitter to be playing the Che. They were fucking so excited to be playing the Che. And you the, know, so it, it was amazing. The other thing about Sick of It All is in the '90s they had a reputation for having like meathead fans, and a lot of times your fans you like kind of reflect poorly on you sometimes, or they're used against you. Like people might think, Oh, that band has a bunch of meathead fans. They're a meathead band. And it's like, no, like their lyrics are actually really good. Like you can't, you like, it doesn't, you have to look, you have to be able to look past that. I mean, it's all the past now, but. Yeah. yeah that's super, a good point. Sweetheart, sweetheart dudes. Yeah. This is great. This is the best of hardcore. I love it. Uh, ben, let's go to you. Number six. All right. Number six. I'm going to go with the most famous misspelling in hardcore shall be jugged by burn. Yeah. Uh, at this, at this point, New York hardcore is all about fast parts interspersed with mosh parts and burn tweaks that formula. It still has the fast and the slow, but it sounds different than anything that came before it. You have that slow part, which is this unsettling, ominous vibe. And I don't even know how someone could actually mosh to it. Like, can you even call that a mosh part where he's saying, we have killed and shall be judged? Like, what do you, how do you move your body to that? I mean, it doesn't matter because it sounds so fucking good on the record. Like a spider or something. <laughs> no, it's like the awkward, like, backpack grab and wiggle. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going, do, 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 do. Oh, that part is wild and rad. Yeah, it almost sounds like Big Mouth by Gorilla Biscuits. Gorilla Biscuits. But it's got the wild, like, spacey feel instead of like a, like a kind of funky feel. Yeah, and it's, and the lyrics are about animal rights in a totally uncheesy way, no pun intended. I mean, think about cats and dogs, and think about this song and how they tackle the same topic, and how different those two approaches are. And I love Gorilla Biscuits too, but this is like... Both extremely effective. Yeah. And ignorant sacrifice, whatever. You know all the lyrics by heart. I don't have to fucking repeat them. Um, so that's my that's my uh, sixth choice. And now with that, we have the entire A-side of the Burn self-titled EP. <laughs> As it should be on here. God, that seven-inch rules. All right. My number seven, the start of the heartbreaker round, man. Okay. I got everyone that I really, really, really wanted. And fucking a, this is brutal. This is brutal, brutal. I was going to take a Marauder song and I got three. And then the sub zero song boxed in is so good and perfect, but because it's there, I got to take breakdown sick people. Yep. It's, well, I'm very surprised that no war zone on your list. Just to, yeah, that's to hard the knife just to twist the knife. Yeah. Cause as one's out there, don't forget the struggles out there. I know. I know. But sick people, it I mean it's a genre definer. I don't know if you guys are gonna grab it. Chris, were you gonna grab sick people or no? I was not. 
You can't okay, do so... that. You can't negotiate. <laughs> you pick by someone else. Hey, I got the number one pick. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was. Uh, that was gonna be my seventh. My. Well, that's what I was asking because it needs it needs to be on here. I don't think oh, Ben's no, gonna take it. And uh, yeah, Warzone got on here. Look, this this shit is heartbreaking, right? I mean, of course, yeah. I, just I have wanted, a Warzone I just song. I wanted to twist the knife on you. I wanted to make you feel bad. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get a Warzone song. I oh, dude, you know what's there? Also, you know what's there that I gotta take? I'm taking fucking Rise and Fall, Leeway. It's the greatest intro of all time. So, I'm glad we took that. Oh God! But to have sick people be laying out there, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm just gonna take Sub Zero boxed in. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking love- schizophrenic. I know it's so hard. The but, but you know what I love about it? It shows the actual pain of having that 45 song playlist and not being able to get them all. It really is painful. And I'm sure people will yell at all of us for what we left off. I know. I mean, it's like you're not taking minor threat, right? It's like for oh, for me to take Sub-Zero <laughs> over over like Breakdown or over Warzone, but I want it on here for the playlist because this song is perfect. Like it starts out with like the, the bouncy New York hardcore beat, but then the way that it, opens up and just hits like the ring out notes for the beginning of the chorus, the no feelings for what I've left behind, no guilt for the victims of my crime. And then to go into the palm mute part right there on the no conscience. Oh my God. It is perfect. And then when they cut out and they do like this kind of like zany guitar riff, like ding, 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 ding. And you're like, where the fuck are they going with this? But then they just like snap your neck right after. And they're like, Oh, you thought this was funny and come in with like the hardest fucking breakdown. Oh my God. This song is perfect. Perfect. And it had to get on here. And even though as a band, I like many, many bands more than this. Sub zero is a great band. This song is a, perfect hardcore song and i want it on the playlist so i'm taking this and uh that's what i got and chris we can go to you for your number seven heartbreaker round all right i'm gonna bring the vibe back uh to that more grimy new york vibe uh but i'm gonna take another left turn or maybe a right turn this this time um (laughs) going the other direction not right wing uh yeah i'm gonna take Akulu, Sanctuary of Depression. The song Sanctuary of Depression is such a cool, dark vibe uh, that fits, you know, the the, the subject matter of, of depression. It's a five minute, 16 second song. And I'm pretty sure this is the only hardcore song that's over five minutes that I don't wish it was shorter. And, and like when I get to the end of it, I kind of want to listen to it again. Like it's just the riffs are so cool. Like the way that his vocals, um, you, you know, he he has a a New Yorky kind of sing over the top of it, and it's just it's just awesome. I think they're a great band. I think the song is 
a, a banger. I wanted to have something, something more recent on here too. So I'm taking a Kulu Sanctuary of Depression. Yeah, one of the most interesting semi-newer bands for sure. Yeah, I like this band. This is one of the few. Well, I guess there's quite a there are quite a few newer bands that I like. This is one of them. Yeah, Chris, how do you think that this stacks up against the new LP that that came out recently? Uh, I mean, the new LP is awesome. It's untouchable. Like every song on that record rips. Um, I love it, and it certainly is not a letdown from you know the first few seven inches, but. This is my favorite track from them, uh, even though literally every other track that they've written rules. Yeah, I I love, love the LP. Um, we'll, we'll do a segment on it on an upcoming pod soon because I love it, love it. I like it more than the, the seven inches. I just think they're an LP band. I think that they, they exist better in long format. But this song is an opus. It's a great choice. Dan, let's go to you. Heartbreaker round number seven. Heartbreaker is right. Like it's, you know, Mariah Carey heartbreaker levels here. Um, so everything in my, in my soul is telling me to take beyond vitality because I absolutely fucking love that song. And, it would give some nice, um, var- you know, a little bit more variety to the to the bands um, on the playlist and whatnot. And it is an incredible song. And if you haven't heard it, people out there, listen, Beyond Vitality, unbelievable. But can I have a New York Hardcore Super 7 without having Madball on it? The answer is no. So... Since we're doing this Super 7 competitively and, you know, I've taken on losers like you in my past, I'm going across your face, Madball. But he's taking the 7-inch uh, version so you can't hear it on the playlist. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the version off of Set It Off. I'm taking the abrasive, aggressive, almost, you know, hip-hop influence like mean first part and then when you talk about or we just talked about recently uh like 15 minutes ago that mad ball is comprised of old af <laughs> killing time you know the mosh outro to this the most two-steppy two-step part of all time is still has so much menace to it. It might be the most, you know, we're going to do this one of these days. We're going to do a super seven mosh parts. Uh, this may well be top of the pile, but the across your face part at the end of this, it's, it's fucking, it's hardcore synthesized into a test tube. Like it is perfection. It's hard. It's mean. It's got melody. It's got swagger. It's got YOLO. It's two-stepping. It's just, it's perfect. The end. Mad ball across your face to end my Super 7. Yeah, and the way he starts singing, like when it's still on like the toms, but then it kicks over to the, I believe he goes to the cymbals. 
Yeah, to the halfway through. Yes. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, it's perfect. And and it's kind of like how when I was talking about um, don't tread on me. It's like here is Madball doing like kind of like the the youth crew two step tempo. So it's like yeah. a band that's like doing this part, and it's like maybe not the lane you expect them to do it because, but because they're that good of a band, it sounds better than almost anyone else doing it it is and so it, rad and meaner and meaner yeah. yeah and it's mean like it sounds mean for like the the tempo that it is it's perfect like many how, how many how many people have been fucking destroyed in venues all across america all across the world actually to this part like how many people have been destroyed by rat bones alone to this part you know uh yeah it just it, it it's yeah like you say it's perfect yeah okay ben let's go to you number seven all right well what number 28 on the playlist number 28 on the playlist we're yeah. gonna we're gonna um we gotta go out with a bang here and um I I think that using the same logic that Dan used, where he believes that his no his playlist wouldn't be complete without a Madball song, I'm gonna say my playlist wouldn't be complete without a Chromag song. Yeah, and I'm gonna go Street Justice from Age of Coral. Um, Chromags were known for heavy mosh parts and really pushing all of hardcore into heavier, more metallic directions, and and then here they are with this blazing fast song with no breakdowns and it's just as hard and just as good. So it's like, you think we can't do songs like, like that as well. Think again, like we can do it all. So whenever I hear this, I think of that part in John Joseph's autobiography where he's being attacked by a street gang in the early eighties outside of either a seven or one seventy one a one of those early hardcore venues. And he's trying to get back in and the, the people in the venue are so freaked out. They lock, they close the door on him. And then he has to like fight these guys off with a chain. And I think, man, maybe that's where he came up with street justice. But then again, maybe Harley wrote the lyrics. I have no fucking idea, but what a great song. It, in fact, often when I listen to this album, I start at this song. Cause I'm like, I just have to hear this song right now, even though the whole album's great. So that's it. And and don't forget that part where he goes, show you no mercy at all. (laughs) (laughs) I I knew that I I thought that you'd go here because you're right, Ben. You said everything I thought you'd say, which is great. It's like you found the song that like fits the most in your lane, which is rad. And the one thing I want to call out on the song is just that line going into the first, the first chorus, the overpower overcome like, Oh, how good is that? And you see that on t-shirts. It's so good to have the last line on your first verse be that powerful and that iconic. It's just next level. And also street justice for you and me. Come on. Yeah, I know. It's like both the last lines of the verses are great. So anyway, this is epic. This was heartbreaking. So much stuff is left off. Damn. Let's go to you first for your honorable mentions. I'm not even going to give any. I'm just going to say that this was a heartbreaking endeavor. And pretty much any band that has been mentioned, you can 
dive into, you know, their classic LP and you're going to not hit one dud, you know, just do it. Everyone just revel in the glory of NYHC. And if there's anybody younger, I don't know if we have any younger listeners, but if there is anyone younger that is like, this is they're dipping their toe into this world. I, I envy you because to discover all of this is going to be the best thing ever. Yeah. Not having leeway on here hurts. Not having breakdown on here hurts. Not having Marauder on here hurts. Those three things are fucking shameful, but that's what, the, that's what the about RTL to King. Uh, luckily the best albums are not on Spotify. So that was an easy one to skip. Ah. But uh, yeah, it's one of those things. Like if we were making a 28 song playlist, like for the good of everyone, instead of making our individual lists of seven, I think that we would have covered a lot more, but like, I can't do this list and not have crumb eggs on it or killing time on it. Like this is my favorite stuff of my favorite genre. And like, I, it hurts so bad not having Warzone. That might be my favorite hardcore LP ever. You know, mm-hmm. but like at least it, it made it on here and I don't know. This whole thing hurts. I feel dirty after it. But uh because <laughs> like yeah, it's it's fucked up to not have some of this stuff on here. But, yeah, I go ahead. I was gonna say like I had hard times as like one of my first ones and, and you snatched it from me and at that point like I like you said, I feel so dirty not having a chrome egg song on here. Uh cause but I mean, three, what a powerhouse. Three got on the three got on the list, so yeah, you know, for sure. The the general project, for sure. And the I, other one too, like, do you consider Bad Brains a New York hardcore band? Like, no, no. But I mean, they're on that New York hardcore su- Sunday matinee comp, and you know, so that's kind of a weird one too. Uh, sure. They probably I mean, recorded, yeah. If you're pulling something off, I guess more music in New York than they did. DC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Then, but if you're gonna, you, we gotta save them. We gotta save them for DC. I mean, it's just yeah, sure. obvious. Yeah. And then the other, there was one song that I really wanted to have on there, and I just couldn't fit it on. And that's "Power" by Agnostic Front. Um, I'm surprised AF wasn't on your list as well. Yeah, I mean, they were. I just. <laughs> yeah, I I know I know. But how we- uh. that song especially like there's so many agnostic front songs you could pick but i just love that song it's so different but it's so powerful and it just brings back awesome memories of uh when we toured with agnostic front when they would cover when they would play that stigma would sing it it was always just like they didn't do it every night you know they would do it maybe like once a week or, or something like that and so when it happened it was just kind of like a special treat for everyone you know and the crowd deserved it. Yeah, it was. I don't know. It's just, uh, I don't know, something that is a special memory for me. So that's cool. Ben, anything that you feel really dirty about not having on your list? I have a lot. I have a few honorable mentions. Um, some of these I didn't pick them because they're not on Spotify. Um, and there's so much stuff to pick from. It's like, okay, I just won't pick the stuff that's not on Spotify. I'm still fine. All right. So, well, let's rail them off and get out of here. Absolution, Dead and Gone, Life's Blood, Catch Our Breath, Super Touch, Climbing Aboard. Um, I didn't pick Bold Running Like Thieves because I already picked that for the Rev Super 7. Abuse, the Abused, Drug-Free Youth, 
Kraut don't believe this band is prominently featured on my 1.5 playlist. Leeway, be loud. This is in New York Hardcore Super 7, not a New York Thrash Metal Super 7, so I left it off, but I love Leeway just as much as most of these other bands. Uh, Beyond What Awaits Us, Side by Side, Living a Lie, and Alone in a Crowd is anybody there. Love yeah, it. I mean, they're, they're all um, that and more, uh, you know, but let's just celebrate what did get on, you know? Yeah. Everyone check out the playlist on uh, go to 185milesouth.com. Click that playlist link and check it out. Also, stay tuned and watch uh, Instagram. And later in the week, we'll post the list and you guys can get on us and tell us that we're total morons for what we didn't pick. And that is much appreciated too. We love you all and we'll talk to you soon.